You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, November 7th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle, flying solo on today's show. So a lot to get into. I wanted to examine, um, you know, there's a lot going right with Ohio State right now, as we all know, but uh, it's crunch time and then some. The game is only 19 days away, um, three games left in the regular season, and there's some things they need to clean up if they're going to accomplish all of their goals, which is, of course, to beat that team up north, win the Big Ten Championship, and then to win the national championship. So let's look back on some of the things from the Northwestern game. After re-watching it, I wasn't as disappointed as, as I was watching it live. I mean, as we all know, that was it wasn't just windy, a really windy football game. That was like pseudo-hurricane winds at times. So, um, But there's some things they have to clean up, and we're going to get into that. Um, but they survived and advanced against Northwestern. Frankly, no one's going to remember that they won by 14 or if they would have won by 42 uh, in the grand scheme, very, very, very little chance it'll end up mattering. Um, so the biggest thing, we talked about this on the post-game show. I talked about it in my column this morning on Bucknuts. So Ryan Day himself, all offseason and during the season himself, has preached what? Toughness. We have to be the tougher team, tougher than we were last year and, and tougher than our opponent. Um, you know, competitive stamina and the ability to run the ball when the, the opponent knows you're going to run it. And we've seen it now three weeks in a row where Ohio State has not been able to run the ball when the opponent knew they were going to run it. And, yes, it's is it hard to run the ball against a stacked box? Yes, they've been facing stacked boxes the last last three weeks, but it's still a, a concern. I mean, using Day's own words, you know, you got to be able to run the ball when they know you're going to run it, and that includes against stacked boxes. And easier said than done, but, you know, that's what they've preached. And for large chunks of the Northwestern game, I thought Northwestern was more physical. And so they've got to be tougher. Again, 19 days away. Um, so, you know, and that leads me to my next point. You know, Justin Fry, I've, I've talked him up a lot. I think, you know, nastiness is something, it's just one of those intangibles that every great offensive line has. And the offensive line has to play better. And to me, that starts with Justin Fry. I've talked him up a lot. And I think it's only fair when, in my opinion, when they're not playing up to par to say, listen, he's got to get the most out of these guys. We're talking about, you know, they've got five stars all over that or not five stars. They've got two five stars on the left side of the line with Paris Johnson Jr., um, who I think continues to play well, and Donovan Jackson, Luke Whipler, high four-star, number two center in the country. Uh, Matt Jones was a high four-star, was actually rated as a center. 
who's either the number one or number two center uh, in the country. Um, and then Dewan Jones was not ranked very high, but if they went and did the ratings all over again, he would be. So a lot of talent there, and they're just they're, they don't have na- the nastiness that every great offensive line seems to have. Um, and, and Fry's got to get that out of them. He's got to get that out of them somehow. We're, we're seeing the defense now. The defense has its share of warts. We'll get to that. Um, but overall, I like what I'm seeing out of the defense. But um, but what has Knowles done? He's turned them into a silver bullets defense, where at least they're gonna they're fast and physical. Yeah, they, they're gonna make mistakes. I'm not seeing the nastiness out of this offensive line. The nastiness they're gonna need to win on November 26th. So now there's still time. There's still time to because it's it's not like they're that far off. They they've played very well at times up front, and again they're getting bulldozed by like eight man fronts, you know, and it's tough. But that that you know, it's another thing. At least my next point. So yeah, so the teams are stacking the box. Now the Northwestern game, you almost can throw that out because hopefully Ohio State's not going to be playing in 35 degree wind, and then sometimes it was gusting us up to high of 50 degrees. So hopefully that's the only time they'll do that. But you never know. Um, the play calling on both sides, I thought, needed to be better. You know, it seemed like Ryan Day um, was either going to try and run it, stay with the running game, even though that they were, you know, stacking the box, which I don't, I, you know, fine, good. You're, you're trying to run that ball when uh, when when they know you're going to run it against a stacked box, find out if you can do it. But then when you don't do it, then they started throwing the ball down the field a little bit. I, I would have loved to see more screens, more just more short passes, um, you know, slip screens, all, all kinds of different things they could have done. Um, just – you know, I, I just felt like the play calling was not great, and it hasn't been the last few weeks offensively. And we're used to Ryan Day just being an absolute killer as a play caller, like absolute elite, elite. So I know the bar is high, but I he can do better. But um, he got together late, and we'll get to C.J. Stroud running in a minute. That was that was a good adjustment by Ryan Day. Okay, Jim Knowles. I, you guys know I, I'm a Jim Knowles stan. I love Jim Knowles. And, uh, but why wasn't he doing what Northwestern did? Why wasn't he just stacking the box and just throwing like eight guys up there every time? You know, why why stay in the nickel? And I know Ohio State's nickel is not your typical nickel because he feels like his safeties, um, which that's what makes it a nickel. They have an extra DB out there instead of an extra linebacker, obviously. But he feels like guys like Lathan Ransom and Ronnie Hickman, um, you know, can tackle as well or better than, you know, their other linebackers. So um, I think that's how he looks at it. We have to remember, I'll get to this is another one of my points I wrote down. Um They've got one really good linebacker, a great one, and Tommy Eichenberg. And then the rest is like, meh. So that also plays into it. But I thought, Joel, I still thought Jim Knowles should have stacked the, the, the box more. Do it Northwestern. That kid from Northwestern couldn't throw the ball at all. You thought Stroud struggled throwing the ball? Imagine that kid from Northwestern trying to throw the ball. He actually threw the ball like decently well here and there. I mean, they, but still, I thought the play calling could have been better. And it's going to need to be better down the stretch. All right. CJ Stroud running. How about that? Um, everybody's talking about it. You know, it's still, it's just amazing to me. I mean, who would have predicted that he would have had more uh, rushing yards and passing yards in that game, 79 rushing yards and 76 passing yards. That's when, you know, things are weird. That's when, you know, things are really weird. So, um, but I love seeing it, you know, a couple of times he scrambled on his own called quarterback runs. Now I do wonder if Ryan day was saving the In fact, I'm pretty sure he was saving some of that stuff for Michigan and just felt like he needed to use it. Um, cause now that's, but yeah, I guess you can make the argument if you want to look at uh, glass half full, at least that's on film and now Michigan has to prepare for it. I would much prefer Manny Diaz to have no respect for Ohio state's running game. And then Ohio state pulled that out, you know, some called quarterback runs because Northwestern wasn't ready for it. And it was good to see, you know, we keep saying it. We're not asking CJ Stroud to be Braxton Miller by any means or JT Barrett, you know, by any means two different type of running quarterbacks, but running quarterbacks. 
Well, Braxton could sling it. JT could get hot every, every now and then throwing it. But Braxton, been interesting if he would have been able to play that last year, if he didn't get hurt in that Orange Bowl, like how he would have looked as a senior because he kept getting better and better and better as a passer. But I digress. No one's asking um, C.J. Stroud to be a running quarterback. We know he's the most accurate passer in Ohio State history, and it's fun to watch. But what do we like, people like me have been saying that once or twice a game, a scramble where it just breaks the defense's back, where you get out of bounds, you're not taking a hit. You know, it's third down and eight. You scramble for 10 yards. By the way, he had one where he got the first down. This guy right that I don't know what the official was thinking. That I rewound it just to make sure I wasn't crazy. He definitely got the first down, even though that guy marked him short. Unbelievable. Um, once or twice a game, do that. Hopefully the official doesn't blow the call. And then have once or twice a game have a called quarterback run. They did more than that this game. He was Stroud ran the ball six times. But generally speaking, once or twice a game scramble, once or twice a game called quarterback run. Okay. Defense is not going to be ready for it, and you know, um, and if they are, kudos to them because then they that means that they're actually worried about the quarterback run, um, which will open things up for the running game. If you hand the ball off to Mayan or Travion, who hopefully they can get these guys completely healthy, Mayan definitely playing through injuries, um, and it's also in that RPO going to open it up. If you pull it from the running back, they have to worry about the quarterback run. That's going to open up the passing game a little bit too. That you have to have that triple threat in the RPO. You can't just be double threat. You have to have that triple threat of the quarterback having a, a threat to run the ball or the defensive end or whoever's, you know, whoever is supposed to key on the quarterback's not going to have any respect for that. And they're going to crash on the running back or, you know, um, they're just not going to have any respect for the running game. You have to have that threat. And it was great to see that. Great to see it. You know, I mean, CJ Stroud is an athletic dude. I mean, he's, he's obviously not a running quarterback, but he's not Tom Brady back there, or Peyton Manning. He's an athletic guy. We, we saw it. He's fast. Um, Heck, his first big play as a Buckeye was his true freshman year against Michigan State, and it was a long run for a touchdown. He had a run for a touchdown against Michigan or a long run um, that should have counted. Uh, they called holding on Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, but Ojabo slipped. I can see why they thought it was holding, but it was a bad call. But anyway, Stroud has shown he can run. Now, it was good to see that. Speaking of running quarterbacks, let me veer off course from the 2022 Ohio State Buckeyes, and how about our guy Justin Fields? How about our guy, Justin Fields? The all-time NFL rushing record, single-game, regular-season rushing record for a quarterback. All-time NFL, single-game, rushing record for a quarterback. Justin Fields, 178 yards yesterday and a touchdown. It was a beautiful long touchdown run. 178 rushing yards to break Michael Vick's record of 173 rushing yards set 20 years ago in 2002. How about that? Justin Fields, um, he is going to crush that narrative that Ohio State can't produce um, and a good NFL quarterbacks. And, and I think Ryan Day is going to continue to change that narrative. CJ Stroud is going to be next up. But Jay Fields, I mean, he's, you know, he had more rushing yards than, than passing yards, but he also passed the ball pretty well, continues to get better and better and better. Great to see that. Great to see that out of Justin Fields. So tip of the cap to Justin Fields. Way to go, Jay Fields. Man, how many teams that took quarterbacks ahead of him? San Francisco 49ers. Um, how many teams are regretting uh, passing on uh, Justin Fields? I mean, the New York Jets have a good record right now at 6-3, and three, but I do wonder if they would rather have Fields than Zach Wilson. I don't know, man. Fields falling to 11th is still a mystery to me, but good for the Bears. All right. So, yeah, I mean, the tackling has to be better. That's another thing you have to clean up. The tackling has to be better on this defense. And overall, they've improved exponentially from last year, but they're, they're going the wrong way at the wrong time. Okay. 
it being windy has nothing to do – I mean, it has nothing to do with missing tackles. They, they, they had to be, be – they need to be better than that. Uh, Hull is a very good running back, but so is Quorum at Michigan. And Quorum's actually better than Hull. Hull's very good. They're both very good. But I'd say Quorum's even better. And Michigan's offensive line is definitely better than Northwestern's. Northwestern has one really fantastic offensive lineman, and the rest really aren't that, aren't that good, even though they, they looked good against uh, Ohio State for most of the game. So Ohio State really only has the one great linebacker, like I said, in Tommy Eichenberg. And the rest of the guys are kind of just like average at best for Ohio State standards. Steel Chambers is the next best guy, but, you know, I just, you know, and it's not, I don't want to pick on just the, you know, the other linebackers. Tommy looks like he should win the Butkus Award to me. Um, Steele has had his moments. You know, he does, he's not like he's a bad player. Cody Simon's been in there. He's had some moments. Not a bad player, but average for Ohio State standards as far as guys who get a lot of playing time or guys who are starters. And just tackling overall, I mean, J.K. Johnson, I, I've, I've liked what I've seen out of times out of him this year in coverage, but he doesn't seem will, a willing tackler to me. Um, you got to get that straightened out. On the good side, Denzel Burke had a hell of a tackle. He saved a touchdown. And I remember watching it live, thinking, oh, he saved a touchdown there, but I didn't write it in my notes, and then I rewatched the game. And, uh, yeah, that he uh, – Denzel Burke, and that was a that was a tough, good tackle. That's what you want to do as a DB. You come in low and fast, and you you take those you take their legs out. You know, don't try and come in high or do any nonsense trying to make a big hit. Plus, you're probably gonna get targeting if you do that anyway. That was textbook right there, coming in out of nowhere, looking like Antoine Winfield. Dare I say, one of my favorite Buckeyes of all time, Antoine Winfield. Um, that's what how Winfield used to tackle. My. <laughs> When, if you're watching a game on TV, you know, this was different because, you know, he was going um, horizontally, not vertically. But if you're if you're watching a game on TV back in the 90s when Antoine played for the Buckeyes and someone came in from outside the TV screen, you know, vertically, you know, try, you know, <laughs> north to south and took out like a running back or a wide receiver on a wide receiver screen or came in and got the quarterback or whatever, just came out of nowhere like a blur. Who was that? Then you immediately then even after you said, who was that? You would know, oh, that was Antoine Winfield. Just coming in there low and just taking people out low, like fast as a bullet. Denzel Burke. So there's some good things, too. Tommy Eichenberg's a stud. Denzel Burke is turned back into Denzel Burke. It's like, I think if I had to guess the the, the bump and run, that you know, the man coverage um, that he was not used to, the punch at the line of scrimmage, um, it's different. They ran a lot of zone last year. He had to get used to that. And now Denzel Burke has that confidence. Confidence is paramount at corner, and he has that now. Now he's just able to out there, go out there and play. But J.K. Johnson needs to tackle better. Hopefully they get Cam Brown back. Maybe he's just waiting until Michigan. You know he hates Michigan. After he, Cam Brown was the one guy getting after Michigan last year when they were trying to take – I don't know if they're taking cheap shots, but they were certainly getting a little too uh, chippy, and Cam Brown was not having it. He got into it with like half of Michigan's team over there, so good for him. So hopefully we can get Cam Brown back. Um, but the tackling has to be better, has to be better. Okay, another thing on defense. One more thing on defense here. Um, then I'll get to a few more things. Um, I think Larry Johnson, I love Larry Johnson. I think he needs to pare down the defensive tackle rotation. Okay, I, I, they've got three guys who are playing really well in Michael Hall Jr., Teron Vincent, and Tyleek Williams. And I know that you want to keep those guys fresh, but there's also, and Jim Knowles goes by this philosophy, there's also the, the philosophy of, they're starters for a reason, or they're your best players for a reason if they're not a starter. Like, Ty Leak's not a starter, but he's the top backup, and he's basically a starter. 
I want to see those three guys play the majority of snaps. Now, if they need a rest, they need a rest. And you can get Jerron Cage in there. He's had some moments this year. I, get, get him some snaps, maybe not quite as many as he's averaging. Um, Ty Hamilton, maybe pair him down a little bit. Good to have that depth. But I want those top three guys playing the most. Against Indiana this week, maybe not. Maybe, you know, do you know. Against Michigan, you better bet. I mean, you better believe it. I, I want those three guys. I mean, Michael Hall Jr., Tyleek Williams, Teron Vincent to, be, to play the vast majority of snaps at D-tackle. So hopefully Larry Johnson takes a page out of his defensive coordinator's book and plays his best guys. Same thing at defensive end, okay? I mean, just play your best guys. Yeah, you're going to mix in your fourth best guy or whatever. You don't need to be playing your fifth best defensive end. Uh, well, actually, unless it's Caden Curry, unless you think – because I think Caden Curry actually should somehow play more. I love every time – whether it's special teams. Most of the time it's late in the game, so it's – you got to take that into consideration. But Caden Curry always flashes. He's going to be a stud here. He's going to be a stud. So, but a D, D tackle is, is the one that I've noticed it the most. Now, at defensive end, you could say play JTT. I know it's not really JTT. Play JT Tui Moloau, and you play Zach Harrison as much as possible. I agree with that. Get Jack Sawyer, rotate him in there. But um, maybe pair that down a little bit too. But certainly a defensive tackle. I want to see those top three guys play in the big games. All right. This isn't anything that they can clean up, you know, in practice. But one thing that they, they're they going to really need if they're going to achieve all their goals, Ohio State has to get healthy at running back. They have to. I mean, Mayan, he toughed it out. You know, kudos to him. He dealing, We're all worried about his hand. Look, like he's still dealing with the knee. The hand didn't seem to be that big of a factor. You can just tell he's just banged up. Life as a running back in November after, you know, nine weeks of football. My goodness. Travion missed the game. He's dealing. And for people to think it's just load management, it's not with Travion. He's he's legit dealing with a foot injury that he's been dealing with all year. Uh, it's either turf toe or plantar fasciitis. I've heard both. They're not going to tell us specifically. It's probably one of those two, turf toe or plantar fasciitis, both painful injuries, both injuries that linger. Um, and he's been in a walking boot, you know, just as usually as a precaution. We've seen him in a walking boot. People on campus have seen him in a walking boot. Um, and people were, oh, did he break his foot? It's like, no, he just has this injury that he's been dealing with. And it looked like he re-injured it at the end of the Penn State game. In fact, let me rephrase that. He re-injured it at the end of the Penn State game. You could see him hobbling and wincing. Um, so it wasn't just a, a case of load management. That's why he didn't play against Northwestern. He legit has a foot injury. Now, that being said, if that was, you know, November 26th and he was in the same condition, could he have played? Yes. I have no doubt about that, and that's my opinion. Ryan Day didn't say that. That's just my opinion. I feel strongly about it. So this is a nagging injury. So hopefully Travion can get relatively healthy, and hopefully Mayan can get healthy. Uh, but it's it's disappointing we didn't see Dallin Hayden and Chip Traynham out there. I would have loved to see those guys get some carries, but, you know, had, had to win the game. Had to win the game. That's the most important thing. All right, last thing. So Buckeyes favored by 41 over Indiana. Another noon game. I love it. Hope you guys like the noon game. I like the noon game. I like getting up, taking care of some business in the morning. Uh, if I have any errands to run or anything to do around the house or anything at all, um, prep for my Sunday radio show, whatever. Do some work for the website. I, I like doing that and then maybe watching a little bit. I'm not a big pregame show guy, but I'll watch a little big noon kickoff with Urban and Reggie Bush and the guys. I think they do a great job. Um, sometimes I won't watch any pregame show at all. And then settle back for some Buckeye football at noon. Uh, do the post-game show, and then football the rest of the day. I love it. It's better than doing the post-game show at like 2 a.m. So uh, 
I love it. It's, it's a bunch of noon games. So favored by 41 over Indiana. High noon here at the Horseshoe. Um, they better take it to Indiana. I get the feeling, you know, it, Tom Allen's one of those coaches that, that Ryan Day likes certain coaches in the Big Ten. Like he likes Pat Fitzgerald. You know, I know he likes Mel Tucker, like certain guys that he's buddies with. Um, and I get the feeling Tom Allen is not one of those dudes. Mike Loxley is not one of those dudes, and we know Jim Harbaugh is not one of those dudes. So he's got, he's got like back to back to back of three guys that I, if I had to guess, Ryan Day is not a fan of any of these guys. So uh, I I predict pain for Indiana this week, especially after Ohio State has been, you know, they've been told all week, oh, you only beat Northwestern by fourteen, and you know everybody's saying they were disappointed. I I said it in the post game show that I was disappointed, and I'm still disappointed in a lot of what I saw. We went over it, but. Um, Overall, I still like where this Ohio State team is at. I still am confident in them. I think they're going to take care of business on November 26th, and then we'll see what happens. Georgia looks excellent. That's a problem I want to have, though, because if Ohio State takes care of business on November 26th, that they then beat whoever wins the JV division, which they will, um, and then win, in the, they'll be the number two seed. Um, and then, so if they get a chance to play Georgia, that means we're talking national championship game. Let's go, baby. They can beat Georgia. They can beat Georgia. Now, it'd be tough, <laughs> obviously, but they can beat Georgia on any given Monday, I guess it would be, right? Any given Monday. So, I mean, this is not some, like, super underdog Ohio State team if they would face that Georgia team. Georgia would be favored, but it wouldn't be, like, by double digits or anything like that. Georgia would probably be favored by, you know, five and a half. I don't know. Um, maybe a little, maybe six. I don't know. It'd be something like that. Five and a half, six, somewhere around there, six and a half. Um, maybe even less than that. And I would like Ohio State's chances. I'm not saying I'd pick Ohio State to win necessarily, but I, I certainly don't think it would be, you know, I don't know. I even know, I don't even know how to articulate it. You know, I would. I don't want to say I wouldn't be worried about it because obviously you'd be worried that Ohio State could lose to Georgia. Um, but problem I want to have. I want that matchup because that would mean you're playing for all the marbles. Big dog on the block, literally, in Georgia, winning the national championship last year. The Bulldogs. Um, that's a problem I want to have to, to face Georgia in the national championship game. Let's hope it happens. Thanks to all of you for joining me. And uh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I know you guys have a lot of choices. Appreciate you making the Bucknuts morning five, a part of your morning Mondays through Fridays. And if you like the show, like subscribe, give us a five-star review, uh, depending on what platform you are watching or listening on all that stuff really helps. Thanks again to all of you. Appreciate you so much for tuning in. I am Dave Biddle. Thanks again so much. Hope everyone has a great day. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.